0: The following programming is sponsored by Tom the III. The views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views of this station, its management, or Beasley Media Group. Good afternoon, greater Philadelphia area. This is Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah Timon. She's Stacey Mitchell. And we have super agent, teammate Brian Blauk in the house from Chester County. Very excited for you to come on, Brian. And again, we all work with the Tom Tool sales group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. We're streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find us there just by Googling. And we've got one of the most exciting stories for me as a real estate ridiculousness fan that I have seen probably in the 20 years I've been doing this. So if you were living under a rock last week, this actually made six ABC news. There was a... Huge brawl at the Triple Play Real Estate Convention in Atlantic City last week. The videos are insane. The level of fighting that happened I, could be criminal in a lot of cases if anyone would have pressed charges. And to give you some perspective, and then I want to get your take on this, because Stacy was actually at the conference. She was not involved in the fight. That's confirmed. We had, we had a couple other teammates down there, too. I
1: ran. Yeah, I,
0: I would have ran, too. And so the story and we've got some inside reporting from the broke agent out in Los Angeles cuz this is what he spends his time on is that basically there was some competing mortgage lenders and if you've been to the triple pay play conference you know certainly I'm a big fan of self-education and learning more about the industry this is not that conference this is like go get your continuing education knock it out and then usually what the people do is apparently drink excessively and at this particular party at Harris The day before, they cut out all the food at the party, so people were just, you know, I mean, I think that had something to do with it. And two mortgage companies got into this huge fight, and and the video went viral. Uh, I mean, where there was chairs being uh, used as weapons. There's one gentleman clearly got knocked out from behind with, like, a punch to the side of his head. This was, I've never seen anything like this before. So what do you guys think about all this? I mean, is this what you expect when you go to conferences? Like, tell me more about your initial reaction here. And I'm glad it was mortgage lenders and not realtors for the record that gives makes this look a little better. What do you ladies think, Brian? What do you think? Jump in. Let's talk about this. This is this is bananas. Yeah, I
2: mean, I've never been to a conference where something like that has has gone down. So, um, you know, pretty pretty interesting. I don't think that's something that occurs at at most places. I think it did say it happened at like what 3 a.m. Um, so I would have already been in bed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Nothing good
3: happens at 3 a.m. That's right. Yes.
2: But, um, yeah, and then I think it also kind of went on to say that it was just kind of dropped. Um, The police showed up, but everything had already broken up and dispersed, So, um, and no one pressed charges, so they just kind of, now it it is what it is. But, um, you know, an an interesting way to maybe, I don't know, I would think that would scare away some potential clients rather than bring them in.
0: Uh, crazy, Stacey. What? It, so you it's, were at the conference? Crazy. Did you like hear about this stuff? Like, what was the buzz there? Because you were down there.
1: You know, funny thing is, I didn't hear about this until I got home. So I was. I I don't know how I missed it. Um, but this is insanity. If you look at this footage, first of all, I can't believe that anybody wasn't seriously injured, and that there's no charges pressed, because just the down the chairs being thrown and smashed over. It, it looks like. Uh, uh, a wrestling, you know, there's wrestling events on TV. Yes, yeah. (laughs) It's exactly what this looks like. Um, And it's so funny because they said, well, we can't confirm or deny that any of these people were part of the convention and we can't confirm or deny that any of these people were realtors. Um, So we really don't know who they were. Um, But yeah, but if they're the mortgage lenders, then it's much better than them being... Realtors, but seeing grown men in suits um, behaving badly—I don't see any women tossing any chairs around. But hey, they could have been in there too.
0: <laughs> so, so there was uh, the broke agent had a source uh, where it said that uh, a person who witnessed the whole thing told the New York Post that the fight broke out after several mortgage companies threw competing parties across Atlantic City the night before, and apparently, it's very taboo to let in like. X, Y, Z mortgage into the ABC mortgage party or whoever they were. I don't know what companies they were with. And that's how this broke out. And then they waited outside the, the company that couldn't get let into the other party and jumped them, which is very, if you watch the video, they, they were definitely waiting for people to kind of get out. And they, they jumped them. And I mean, it just, it was just nuts. And then, uh, so Triple Play came out with a statement. We're aware of an isolated incident that occurred during the evening hours on Tuesday, December 7th. However, it was not affiliated with any official events. Harris was not a convention headquarters or overflow hotel. The official triple play convention um, for attendees for the evening of Tuesday, December 17th, was the icebreaker reception at Caesars, which was well attended without incident. And then it went on to say there was a real estate agent. His name's Nick. I'm going to butcher this. Zestinakis. He told um, and he said he was right next to the fight. And he knew two of the guys in the fight, and it was because of mortgage lenders throwing parties to attract agents, and they were afraid of stealing business from each other. I mean, this was—I just—I can't get over this. I mean, you know, the fact that it's on the local news, the broke agent had 3,000 comments on his his, uh, Instagram feed about this, and then uh, another source went on to say that the mortgage bank was hosting a party, and another crew from another mortgage bank showed up wasted and sloppy— They got kicked out, and as retaliation, they waited till the party was over and jumped them, and they would not lend in other lenders. So it, I think that the whole point of, and then the police showed up, like the security guard apparently yelled, I don't get paid enough for this bleep <laughs> at, the, at the party. So, uh, you know, this begs, to, I, I think this is really interesting because obviously this is just debauchery, stupid behavior. I think we can uh-huh. all, all agree on that, right? Yep. Yeah. So as agents, I know the whole idea here is let's throw a party. And let's get some business, right? That's what they're doing. Is that really how you select a mortgage broker? Is that really who you decide who you want to work with? I mean, you know, we've got varying levels of experience here. So, I mean, you know, besides we've got you know affiliations and and partnerships and different things set up. Is that how you make your decisions? Because I, I, I think this is a very poor way to try to market people, and I think they probably lost more business than they would have ever gotten from throwing a party like this.
3: Yeah, I mean, unless they could spin it around and say, hey, we'll fight for our clients to get the <laughs> best picture." Other than that, there's not much positive to say about this one, for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. It's it's funny. I asked you if it was someone from Delco, because Facebook leading up to the event, there was an ongoing feud between two mortgage lenders. Yes. Yeah. Yeah tell I'm us sure. more about that feud
0: because I mean this is what this is crazy to me this stuff goes on it just makes you look bad it's,
1: it I again I was like going on my feed on Facebook and I saw it was a mortgage lender that one of my buyers had worked with and that's why he's on my feed <laughs> and he was posting these comments about another mortgage company and their party and they're stepping on my turf and it was all this really juvenile ridiculousness that he was putting on his Facebook page and I'm um, my mind, I'm like, oh, you're supposed to be a professional in a professional business, right? Um, and I thought it was a joke at first because he even like scribbled on some photos and stuff. Like, it was so juvenile, I couldn't <coughs> believe it. Oh my God. And, but it continued. That day he kept posting more things and then the next day he kept posting more things. And it was this whole feud. That's why I asked you were they, you know, who these people were because I could see how it started up and lead it up, it was leading up to this, you know, crescendo of a knockdown, dragout drag out fight. Yeah, it's just mind boggling to me that uh, professionals behave this way, it really is. I mean, you really, you have to question if you're trying to um, get business and become, you know, and appear to be a serious business owner, business person, this is definitely not the way to behave, that's for sure. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens.
2: Yeah. I mean, if that was if that was my lender, this isn't even like for the people in the fight, just for the person that you were talking about that is posting all of this like negative juvenile like stuff on on Facebook. I think that would be enough to make me be like, I want to work with someone else. Like, I just feel like that is so insane. (laughs) And like, I think for a lot of people, that is an outlet to just go and like have at it, but if you're a, a professional and you're posting about your professional job in that fashion, that's just wild to me. It brought me back to grade school and everything I hated about <laughs> grade school
1: fights, you know what I mean? I'm like, really? This is like
3: grade and, and school. With, with everything, with cell phones these days and everybody's video, too, it's gonna get out there. I mean, right. it's, it's not, you, you just can't act that way. I mean, right. it's not, not a good thing for your business.
0: Well, what? yeah, and I think that's—go ahead, Sarah.
2: Oh, I was also just going to say there were—so, comments, like, uh, after this was posted, um, it said that most commenters under the video weren't shocked by the display, saying the, that fights like this are a frequent occurrence in Atlantic City's casinos. Oh, my gosh. <laughs>
0: I, I agree with that. I mean, Atlantic City's a different kind of place. And, and you know, it, it, at the end of the day, and I think there's not a whole lot to unpack here other than this is pretty pretty stupid behavior and a lot to lose— People don't realize that like, what people want from a lender or a professional or an agent or attorney or accountant or anyone else is good professional service. They don't care about parties. They got to either get their loan funded. They need to find a house. They need to you know, get their tax return filed appropriately with the least amount of tax liability possible. Get out of what legal problem you're in or fix a legal issue. And this is the problem with the industry. It's so easy for these guys to you know, get into, get into the business. And a lot of times, you know, mortgage lenders, just like realtors, they have this reputation for a reason. So you said you were surprised. I am not surprised by this. I mean, think about all the people we work with that have half a brain or aren't really, you know, they don't, they don't really embody what they're supposed to do and they end up hurting their clients more than helping them. Mm-hmm. That's probably what this was. And and so I'm I'm not surprised by this. Unfortunately, maybe I'm jaded, but I've been, I've been doing this a long time and you see all types get in and get out of this business. It's the it's the ones who stay are the ones that have you know have to deal with all this stuff,
3: and they're they're probably the, the worst lenders that you could deal with. Uh, yeah, uh, you know that's this what you're up against. So, you know, I I, I wouldn't uh, hold this against all lenders. Agreed, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. this is probably a very small microcosm of uh, companies that are that are out there that pre- uh, do things like this.
0: Well, and and so Mortgage America, who we work with, they they had a party at Triple Play, and it was like apparently like a very low key. Nice event at Morton Steakhouse, and like you know, they invited us all a bunch of times, and that, that was great. And I didn't, I didn't hear about any fights breaking out at Morton's, so it, it's it's just juvenile behavior. It's unfortunate. Although I will say, for from a viral perspective, I, I, I hate it was it was an extreme video, but it, this was the craziest thing I've ever seen happen in real estate. I've never seen anything like this before. <laughs> Have you guys ever seen this happen at any other conferences you've been no. to or anything like that? No, no. no. me oh, neither. I don't. I'm, I'm asking. Just,
3: that's not the dorm.
0: All right, moving on. So congratulations, New Jersey mortgage lenders. I think it's, uh, you had your 15 seconds, and that, that, that's going to be about it. So the other piece of news before we take a quick break here, and we're going to come back with uh, 2022 predictions from Brian Buffini and Lauren Chune, is we had a story last week that Sarah and I covered about the Better.com CEO. And he has now taken a leave of absence. So if you didn't tune in last week, Um, Vishal Garg, the Better.com CEO, and Better.com's a mortgage company that will make up the appraisal gap. They're basically an internet lender, and they're uh, funded by SoftBank, who's also funded WeWork and and Compass and some other places. So he's taken a leave of absence, and CFO Kevin Ryan is going to take over on interim basis. And what ended up happening is they cut it was 9% of the company's employees on a Zoom call and then criticized their work ethic and basically said, well, if you guys were doing your job, I wouldn't have had to fire you. I think that's a pretty good summary, Sarah, if I, I'm right on there. So yeah. w- what do you think about this? I mean, I, you know, th- I, this is the this, this story's kind of evolved over the past seven days. So I wanted to hit on it real quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that we were saying last week that there's, you know, firing someone is never a fun thing to do. But, you know, I think manning up and doing it in a more professional way Um Goes, goes further than than this i mean i think that the criticism and the blowback for how he did the firing um had a lot to had a lot to do with this um just on a zoom call letting go of that many people and then kind of retaliating and saying well if you were if you were working harder or i think most of you were only doing two hours a day so you yep. were stealing from the company um you know that's just a very broad criticism that he was he was throwing out there kind of after the fact so i don't think it looked well um, upon him.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, uh, if you go deeper on this story, and this uh, we did not have last week, so apparently he's called workers dumb dolphins in an email, um, has a lengthy history of legal issues in which he he's accused of fraud and misleading investors. And this was all reported by Forbes, so a pretty legitimate source. And Better.com came back and said, hey, it's an unfortunate fact of life. Um, you know, I, I don't know what kind of answer that is mm-hmm. other than just admitting it. So, you know, I, I look at this, and I, I think this is a foregone conclusion he was half to step back. It's poor leadership. Mm-hmm. That's not how you retain people. And unfortunately, it looks like SoftBank kind of backs these companies that have these issues. I mean, WeWork had the same problem. They had to throw out the CEO. He had the same sort of things going on. Compass, their other real estate investment, their stock price is down 52% since they won IPO. So it, it just looks like that they're you know to me this this reinforces how important it is to have a local relationship in real estate whether it's on the real estate side or the lending side because these third party large companies they just can't hack it and they can't scale appropriately and you know th- th- from what we've heard with people that finance with better it ends up being a disaster like any internet lender so i mean that, that that's kind of my observation here is that these companies just can't scale because they're not putting the right leadership in place and it's not being done at a local level which is what consumers really want
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And to, to the point of how he did the firing and, you know, on the Zoom call and the remaining uh, employees that experienced that too and then stayed on the phone to listen to him criticize their work ethic after the fired employees were off. Apparently they stayed on and they continued to talk about the employees. What does that leave them thinking? You know, how does it make them feel? So, and they're still employees of the company. Mm-hmm. So this is the kind of, like, is that going to come reflecting into the service that they provide? I don't know. The whole thing is, it's it's a shame. It's really a shame. It's a good thing that he did step down. I think he had to. Um, he didn't have a choice in the matter because uh, just the, the effect on the employees
3: and, and trying to move forward. They're probably relieved in the long yeah. run. Right? I mean, that, the the lack of leadership, the the phone calls, are a byproduct of that, clearly. But you know, if if I was one of those people and had to work with somebody like that, because you know that's the culture of the mm-hmm. company. Mm-hmm. And now I'm out of it. It's like a breath breath of fresh air, so to speak. So, you know, it's a it's a positive.
0: Yeah, that's a great observation. I think the unfortunate thing with these companies that have like VC funding and everything else is, even if this guy's acting like this, he's still going to get paid. I mean, yeah. look at look at uh, Adam Newman with WeWork. He was the co-founder. A lot of people called it a golden parachute when he was uh, when he agreed to give up control. He got a billion dollars, right? And I mean, he was. I mean, there was all kinds of things going on um, that was you know self-dealing, corporate malfeasance, and. It, you know, it seems like once you kind of get one of these companies to buy in and, and, and they just got $750 million of, uh, of financing too. So it's, wow. all this is happening in the midst of the company performing badly. It's like it, it, it performance doesn't matter. And, that, and I think that's the problem a lot of consumers have with these bigger companies. It's, well, you're not doing your job and people are still investing in you versus I know what the accountability is like with us and like the four of us in this room. When something goes wrong, guess who they're calling? The realtor. Yeah. It doesn't matter if better.com didn't hit the mortgage commitment date or whatever else, they always come to us. And if you don't have personal responsibility, it's tough to really build trust with the consumer. And and I think that's the the thing the consumer wants most right now in these real estate transactions. I agree. All right, so what we're going to do, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back, and we are going to talk about the 2022 predictions from real estate coach Brian Buffini, NAR, the National Association of Realtors, uh, Chief Economist Lawrence Yoon, If you have a question for the show, you can email us. It's info at tooltimeradio.com, and we'll be right back on WWDB 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976 or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline. When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice
4: great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com.
5: Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliance's Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The real estate market is red
0: hot. Have you considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX at 610 692 6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com, to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. All right, welcome back to Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool, she's Sarah Time, and she's Stacey Mitchell. And again, we have Super Agent Brian Block from our team in the house as well. Brian, thanks for coming on. And the next segment here, we're going to talk about something that comes out every year. And this is from Brian Buffini. If you don't know him, obviously Google him is a great way to go. He's a real estate coach, um, has coached thousands of people. And he had uh, NAR Chief Economist Lawrence Yoon on his uh, on his podcast or virtual event that he held and it's called Brian Buffini's Bold Predictions for 2022, and it's a market outlook. This dropped yesterday. And what I love about Brian is um, he came out and said, hey, not all content's created an equal and not all opinions are equal, so just be aware of that going in, knowing that it's an opinion. It's not actually, here's what's going to happen, which is the whole purpose of a prediction. And what, what he did, and I'm going to kind of break it down point by point here, is, uh, he came back with the state of the market first, and basically he highlighted some key stats of what happened in 2021, that uh, the NAR membership is expected to grow to 1.52 million members, up from 1.48 million in 2020. Uh, and he cautioned about, while growth is exciting, a drop in experience is also happening. And one of the dynamics of the fast growth in the industry is that we've seen a drop in years of experience. Are you feeling that in your day-to-day? Like, Are you seeing that when you deal with other agents? Are consumers feeling that? I thought that was a pretty interesting way to open this up because not a lot of people are talking about this, but there's a new realtor that gets their license every seven seconds right now, which is pretty wild. So are you feeling the drop in experience? And, and to give some perspective for the audience, um, in 2020, the average years of experience for a realtor dropped to eight years from nine years in 2019. So just just to kind of let people know what, what what's happening.
1: Well, I don't know if I experience, um, you know, I don't know if that would be my first impression of an agent like, oh, they must have little experience. Um, I've worked with agents that have years of experience that to me, I would have thought they were new in the business. And uh, I've worked with agents that have, um, you know, that to me had, you know, they were so professional and um, so on the ball, I would have thought they had like 25 years experience, and they didn't. They had a couple of years in, so I don't know if that's, if that's what, you know, what to, what you're, what I'm looking for. Uh, I just look for how they handle themselves, how they handle how, how on on top of everything they are, how professional they are, um, how they're responsive. To me, that's the most important thing. Whether somebody has a year in or 25 years in, um, it's just how we work
3: together.
0: Great observation. I mean, so what? What do you guys think, Sarah Brian, Are you feeling like experience? Not a lot of experience doesn't really matter.
3: I, you know, I've had um, experienced agents that I know have been around for quite a long time, and there were some things that I knew, and I'm one year into it, and so I I think that that's out there. I think it's each individual, and in, in terms of what are they doing to grow personally, you know, each year, um, you know, just being a realtor is one thing, but you gotta you have to continue to have that personal growth and continue to learn the industry because it's evolving and changing like any other industry mm-hmm. is. So So that, that's important. So, I mean, but youth, there's nothing wrong with youth. I mean, you, you have to replenish. And I think with, with any type of industry out there, you know, there's going to be people that have been around a long time and are getting they're just getting bored with it and they're not as effective as they once were and, and bringing in new people that are excited about learning is it is, is, could be a positive too for the for the industry
0: i i agree wholeheartedly there because some of these people it's like you got to dust them off when they go do a <laughs> transaction they've been around almost too long so i i love the <laughs> that the, the enthusiasm and the drive and the experience i, I think that's a really great trait sarah what, what about mm-hmm. you
2: yeah i mean i agree with um with what both of you said there. Um, and Stacy, like, absolutely. There are, you know, some agents out there that, um, you know, they tell you over and over again, I've been doing this for 20 years, yet it seems less seamless than some of the agents that you work with that never once bring up how long they've, they've been doing this. And then maybe you find out later in the transaction that they are on the newer end. Um, and absolutely, I think that you're going to always be having new people coming in and I would say the biggest thing there for them would be the support that they have behind them. Um, so if they're if they have resources and people to go to and help them kind of maneuver through some of their first transactions and and help that be um, you know they have a knowledge base behind them. I think I don't notice any um, hiccups necessarily in the transactions just because they are on the newer end. And I think that sometimes people that are a little bit fresher, um, you know aren't the ego isn't necessarily there for if they don't know exactly how to handle something, they'll kind of reach out and and try to figure it out and look for people to, to ask versus if you've been doing it a long time, you may not want to let on that you don't know how to handle that. Or, <laughs> yeah. you know, like there are some different things that come into play there. So I haven't had any like firsthand experience where I've been like, oh, that was definitely a new agent, you know. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I I feel like it kind of can go both ways.
0: So I, I love what everyone said there, and what Sarah talked about in particular, I think that's why it's important if you're thinking about getting into the industry, because there is a lot of opportunity. You know, The people that say they've been doing it for a long time, that's usually like a defense mechanism. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, I've been doing it a long time, even though I don't sell many houses, was kind of what I'm hearing, or because I've, I'm still doing this when I should be at retirement age. And I mean, that you know we've all had those kind of agents. And getting with the right organization is critical, and, and that's exactly why, you know if you're a new agent and you're thinking about getting licensed, check out our scholarship program. We'll pay for your license. It's realestatescholarshipprogram.com. More importantly, it, it kind of erases that because it doesn't matter if you're new or not. It matters if you know where to get the right answer mm-hmm. and help people through this because we were all new, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has to do a first transaction at some point. So mm-hmm. while the experience has dropped, I don't think there's a big difference from eight to nine years. Now, if it was like nine to like three years, mm-hmm. that's a That's it. I mean, you're yeah. not talking about a big Delta. So that was interesting, and I, I, would, I would guess one of my predictions, which we'll talk about next week, is that number's probably going to drop next year. And we're going to see the less, P, less agents, because the, the market's not going to be the way it is this year. Mm-hmm. So let's go to Lawrence Yoon real quick. He painted a picture of the market, and then we'll talk about Buffini's predictions. So I just wanted to get your feel of, of the accuracy of what uh, Dr. Yoon had uh, came up with. So he mentioned a couple key points. The unemployment rate can be essentially back to normal, and that it's come down to 5%. And what he added was that the only way that gets reported is if the people who are unemployed are actually looking for a job. So it might be a little inflated because of, you know, there, there's, uh, there's a four million job shortage of pre-pandemic numbers right now in the country. I thought that was pretty, pretty interesting to hear. And then when he talked about real estate specifically, um, he mentioned a couple things. The intensity of multiple offers is declining and the market's abating. Um, the fall and winter of 2021 going into 2022 is poised to be the second best fall winter market ever, only behind this past year. And there's a mini surge coming. And uh, the number of 2021 sales, and this isn't up for debate, this is just a stat, uh, that it's on track to exceed last year's sales by 7% uh, from 2021. And he, his, his prediction was sales activity is going to be shaved modestly in 2022. What do you guys think about this?
1: Well, I think he's definitely on point about the twenty 2020, twenty the twenty twenty one sales increasing. Twenty twenty one was uh, definitely a banner year, I think, for for most people, um, and we have noticed a shift in the market, and uh, which is, but it's still incredibly aggressive and and strong. Um, I do believe that folks, um, you know, that people are gonna be concerned, more concerned about the inflation. Um, The inflation of products and services is definitely a real concern. So that could hold some buyers back. They might not think that, um, you know, might be a little unnerving, especially if they have, if they're looking to buy a house that may need some work, they might be concerned about getting the materials or how much, you know, new appliances will cost how much that could add on to um, their already uh, increased mortgage payment if the uh, mortgage rates increase so i think there is going to be concern from folks but there's going to be many many people that are still going to be buying because there there's so many first-time home buyers the millennials have jumped in the market um, and they're going to purchase they're going to buy because most times it's cheaper to pay a monthly mortgage payment than it is to be paying the rents so for them it's it's a smart move and there's still going to be plenty of activity next year
2: yeah and i i also thought it was interesting um i think that he talked a little bit about if you have people kind of in your pipeline um as time goes on if they are serious buyers just really kind of educating them and helping to push them um you know if you do find that that right home because the way that the rates are going, um, and we've talked about this over and over again on mm-hmm. the show, how you know interest rates are a huge impact on your your buying ability and what the, your monthly payment is going to be um, at the end of the day. But if you do have people that are kind of on the edge, there, just you know, really showing them, um, hey, this is how this is going to affect you, um, even a month, two months, three months down the road.
0: That, that's a great point and, and because, I mean, how many times have we seen the buyer, they passed on a house and they're just kicking themselves over and over again for not getting involved and it ended up selling for a number they would have paid for it
3: yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: all the time. Yeah. Brian, what about you? What are your takes on uh, Dr. Yoon here?
3: Well, you know, I think the, uh, the pandemic has done a lot in terms of mindset, mindset with corporate companies and uh, a lot of people who are now having an option where they can work from home more than having to go back into the office. So I think getting a home and getting a space that they're going to spend a lot of time in is important mm-hmm. for people, especially the ones that are renting. I mean, you know, if, if you're stuck in a small apartment for, you know, months on end working, it's going to drive you crazy and you have the money to get out and buy. You want to buy and you want to get into something mm-hmm. um, right away. So I, I do see the market continuing to drive and, and, and buyers are going to still be out there, even if the interest rates go up. Um, I think they still have the money to cover it uh, up to a point. Um, but I still think they're going to get out and buy. I mean, it's, it's more of a value uh, that they get uh, from quality of life from buying
0: a home. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great observation. Yeah, and I, I mean, I think that goes into one of the things I wanted to hit on next, which is that CNBC came out and they just said, hey, rent prices are going to go up again next year. They've never really gone down in history. And inflation is a big factor, Brian talks about here. Like, every, oh, the price has gone up on everything this year. Gas, food, building supplies, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is what's going on. So, I, I, I do agree with you there that the most affordable sector of the market is actually buying a house right now with the way rates are. I mean, it, it, how many times have you seen a buyer paying a higher rental payment than what they actually locked in for a mortgage payment? And maybe they spent uh-huh. a little above their budget, yeah. right? This yeah. happens all the time. So. And that's where it's an agent's job to really educate people financially. So I think that's a great observation. So good stuff there. So it sounds like we're all kind of in agreement with, with, with Dr. Yoon. He's a smart guy, so that's no surprise there. So here's Buffini's predictions. And uh, apparently when he's made these predictions, I thought this was pretty interesting, that uh, he said he's made um, 33 predictions in his career and 31 of them were right. It's pretty solid. I mean, you're, you're, you're above 90% there. So this is, this is good stuff. So the first one, and I'll, I'll kind of run through this real quickly, and then we can get get some reactions, and then we'll we'll, we'll get into uh, uh, the Brian Blauk story, what the past year has been like, and what he knows now as an agent versus this time last year. So, Buffini came out and said that inflation will definitely pose a challenge for agents in 2022. The Federal Reserve's likely going to raise rates late in the third quarter or the early fourth quarter. Uh, Apparently 92% likely at the September meeting, 94% likely at the November meeting. And he then advised agents to try to move deals, like you said, Sarah, along as quickly as possible now before rates rise. Because if you got someone in your pipeline in the summer and they're rate sensitive, you better be pushing them hard because that's what they need. Uh, I think he said, make, make hay while the sun shines. And he's like an Irish guy and he, he has a, like an accent. So I can hear him saying that it would sound much cooler than when I did it. Uh, <laughs> so he advised agents to work, you know, like don't let up now, like, but winter Q1, Q2, Q3, that's really when you need to be pushing your business more so than ever, which tells me there's going to be a more seasonal effect than we've seen over the past 24 months. I don't think any of you even know what a seasonal market is right now. I mean, <laughs> yeah. going through the pandemic and everything else. So that that was one. Um, so so, what what are your takeaways on that? Then he's got one other prediction here. We'll go through accurate, not accurate. I mean, we kind of hit on some of this stuff here. I mean, Sarah, why don't you lead off? What do you think?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think well, one just based off of his track record of predictions, um, I feel <laughs> like he's a safe bet to 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 go with. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I think we're going to be looking at hopefully a nice little amount of inventory here hitting the market. Um, I think it's going to be you know, going into the new year here, um, people are going to be out, they're going to be ready. Um, and it's just really going to be our job to, if the right thing's out there to really educate them on what could be coming down the line um, and, you know, what they're looking at for. And I know we've also talked a bit about like the cost of waiting. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that's like an important thing to educate them on so that they get the the whole picture and, you know, waiting, you know, five more months to just maybe save up a little bit more money might not actually be saving them more money.
5: <laughs> Love that.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: That's true. Yeah. Now, I, I, I'm probably in agreement with the majority of, uh, of his predictions here. Um, I think it, it's regional. Also, there's certain pockets that are going to continue to uh, remain pretty steady. Um, I feel fortunately in our area, we're one of those pockets. Um, we have a lot of influx from the city, whether it be New York or Philadelphia, Mm -hmm. people are still coming into the suburbs and our suburbs are just absolutely amazing here. So still a lot of new construction going on. Um, so I I still believe it's going to be, we probably might have more of a seasonal slowdown, but it's still going to be a pretty, pretty good seasonal slowdown. It's not going to be like a super, super seasonal slowdown
3: and I think the 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 market is the first time home buyers the mm-hmm. ones that are you know just getting out there they've got enough money that they've saved and that's those are the ones that are going to get hit the hardest um, in the in the uptick with the uh, interest rates
0: well, that's a really great point and and looking at what he said here is that um uh, first time home buyers made up 34% of all the home buyers last year which is up from 31% in 2020 so i mean that 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 really hits the nail on the head is that you had these millennial home buyers coming in flux and the longer they wait, I mean, it's they're just hurting their equity position. It's, it's costing them literally thousands of dollars a month because when rates go up or if they're paying rent because they're, then they're paying someone else's mortgage, that's not going to your bank account. That, that That's a really great observation. So uh, I, I I do agree. And the seasonality, I think there, there's a little bit of a limiting mindset there or a, or a fixed mindset where people say, like, even this time of year, like, you're not going to sell any more homes between now and the end of January or the end of December. I could not disagree with that more. Some of the best months we've had is December, January, February, because when you're working through the holidays and, you know, we, we all take off and go hang out with our families and all that stuff, most realtors, like, they stop working like October. I mean, they're, they're just done. They're mm-hmm. they're going to Halloween parties. They're going on vacation. You know, they're checked out for weeks.
2: They're getting so, in fights in AC. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those
5: people, yeah, that, that's a
0: great, great observation. Um, I, I see a lot of opportunity right now for agents, so I, I do like what he said there. Um, The next prediction he had, and we'll we'll try to get through these these quickly, is that to Brian's point, first-time buyers are going to feel the effects of inflation the hardest uh, because increased inflation also creates more demand, and that real estate is usually one of the best hedges against inflation. So, And then he says mid-year, we're going to start to see fewer offers over asking, less multiple offer situations, and then lastly, because the higher-income individuals suffered the least as a result of the pandemic— high end real estate is going to be the last sector of the market to slow down. So, first time home buyers, high end market, mid year slowdown, what do you guys think?
1: Well, the first time home buyers um, I, I wholeheartedly think that they're they're going to continue. If they have any seriousness um, now getting into the market, they're going to do it because they see that there's no it's not turning around. It's not going to change. It's not going to go backwards. It's going to continue to increase, whether that be the prices, um, the uh, interest rates. So they have to make a decision and get in because you just have to do that unless you want to continue to rent and continue that cycle. So I think the first time home buyers, if they're serious, it's going to happen for them. Um, as far as the fewer over asking, I mean, there's opportunity now that you can. Agreed. You know, get under contract not and not have to go over asking. You look for those opportunities. Um, there's going to probably be a little less competition uh, so you can get your inspections. So I see that happening now, and I think that's going to continue in the future.
3: Great point. Yeah, and they don't. It doesn't seem like offers are that much over ask as mm-hmm. as they were as they before. Were. It was like, oh my God, really? You're paying that much? <laughs> yeah, like seventy thousand yeah. over asking on right. a four hundred thousand yeah. dollar home. Yeah. I mean,
0: and this this is real life. Yeah,
3: yep. I mean, you go into an offer and you you forty five thousand over asking. I'm like, we got this one, and you lose it. Like, <laughs> right, what? right. But you, it, but it seems like that number's coming down. And mm-hmm. but there are those homes that are still out there that. the market on a friday they're gone by sunday Mm -hmm. Um, but those are seem to be few and far between you still see homes taking a little bit longer to uh to sell Mm -hmm. which is not a bad thing it does you know nothing wrong with the house it's more of a pricing thing more than anything else i agree
0: great observation sarah you got anything here
2: yeah i mean i think um absolutely the ones that you're going to get the opportunities on are not the ones that are you know Listed on Friday, gone on Monday, and we're still absolutely gonna gonna see some of those. Um, but there, you know, I've had clients where we absolutely have seen more opportunity um, in recent weeks than had been an option before. Um, and as far as first-time home buyers continuing to come to the market and to c- continuing to come out there, I mean, I don't think that we're dealing. We're not looking at a bubble situation where all of a sudden this is going to burst. You know, like we have the buyers out there in high demand. And it, as we've talked about many times, I mean, the inventory, even if we do see an uptick in in inventory here, it, some things may level out a little bit. But just choosing to to hold off and wait several years, well, for, I mean, years, I mean, that's just that's kind of a silly option if you're serious yeah. about, about buying a home. Um, but this isn't something where we're going to be looking at a dramatically different scene out there. Um, a little bit down the road, so I think that that home buyers are, you know, first time home buyers are, are out there and they're continuing to, to come in.
0: Well, that that's a great point. Is it, it, I thought you were going to actually pull a Ricky Waters there and say, for what are you waiting for? For who? For what? I don't know. I don't know if you guys. Not all sport, but that, that's where I thought that was going because it's like you keep waiting for what? Like you're going to get right. some great deal. The best deal is the home you get right now and then build right. equity in because it's a long term game. A year lost is. I mean. Think about the buyers that said after the pandemic, like May 2020, I'm going to wait until things settle down. They got uh. crushed. They lo- I mean, they lost hundreds of thousands of dollars, literally. So I-, I-, I couldn't agree with you more on that. So, I mean, it sounds like we're all in agreement with, here what he- with what he's saying. He does have a good track record, Sarah, so that's really good. Last thing he said here real quick is that um, he advised agents to hunker down on the basics in their business. This was my favorite part of the article. I'm, I'm sure you guys are shocked by that, right? But <laughs> um, And it said, have fun with fundamentals, like doing Popeyes, getting face-to-face, reconnect with people, and practice self-care, which I, I thought was great advice. And then he ended it with this. And this is all the agent advice here, is that um, there's a Navy SEAL quote um, that is, under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion, you sink to the level of your training. I thought that was Ooh. very, very interesting. So one. he's saying, go back to basics, reconnect with people, what, what do you think about this? Because I think this it, the past two years have been so interesting on so many levels, and I see a total, like I'm, I feel all connected with all you guys because we get to see each other every day. That's not the case with a lot of people. I mean, I, I know we probably all had friends we haven't seen in like two years.
3: Yeah, Yeah, I, I mean, what I know in the short period of time I've been in real estate is you have to be careful to not go after the next best thing. Just stick with what works and stick with the basics, and I I – totally agree with that statement 100 percent i mean it's it it's the fundamentals gets you the end result in in the long run
0: love it Mm
1: -hmm. i agree
0: ladies got anything
1: yep (laughs) (laughs) no just by uh the fundamentals getting you know talking to people get out there, meet for coffee, you know, catch up with your neighbors, old friends, people you haven't seen in a long time. It has been a long time. Maybe that's why they went crazy in Atlantic City because they haven't <laughs> really been together. Been to a party <laughs> in two years. Right. So, you know, yeah, definitely get back to basics. Hone your skills. Uh, agents, definitely hone your skills because you're going to need them. Um, I really love that quote. I haven't that one before yeah, that's good that's a really good yeah. one we're going to repurpose pers- that like eight times after i think reading we this should article. yeah maybe get some t-shirts made under go. that <laughs> i like <laughs> it where's valerie <laughs> <laughs> yeah so because i think that's what the skill sets that we're going to need um and when things you know settle a little bit are going to be those basic skill sets and that's what that's what the good agents are going to um be able to lean on and they'll be successful
2: yeah absolutely i mean i think that. We've experienced, um, you know, in the last two years here, like an influx of maybe people kind of coming to us more than in in previous times. And kind of regardless of if the what is going on with the market, if you're consistent with what you need to do and and hitting that baseline, um, I think you'll be in a good position, no matter what is going on in the market. And you won't be so, so affected by that because you'll, you'll be doing what you need to be doing day in and day out, regardless of if people are calling you up or if people are hanging up on you, you know, um, you'll, you'll have your baseline there to to kind of keep moving forward.
0: Yeah. And I, I remember, and when uh, will end with this, when we were kind of locked down and doing like zoom trainings and stuff and, and Stacy, you and, and Sarah were there, like Tom Ferry said to us, he did a call is that, the best agents are made during crazy markets like this or tough markets. And I, I think that's really true. And now when it shifts to a skill-based market, not just showing up and saying, Hey, do you like this house? And they're like, Well, we've been looking at the neighborhood we can't find, we want, we're just gonna buy it, which we've all been the recipient of in a great way, it's gonna take a little more effort. And that effort is gonna be those who know how to give a presentation how to reconnect with people, and how to make it about the person, not the property. So I think that's a great place to take a quick break. So we're going to come back. We're going to talk about Brian Blauk, his first year in real estate. He is kicking butt and taking names. (laughs) Excited to go through this, man. This is Tool Time, Real Estate Radio on WWDB, 860 AM. Have you considered a career in real estate? Do you want control over your income? Whether you have a license or not, call us today at 610-692-6976, or visit tomtool.com. Join our team, the Tom Tool Sales Group at Remax Mainline.
4: When you're getting a mortgage, you shouldn't have to sacrifice great service just to get a great rate. At Mortgage America, we've been lending with this philosophy for over 35 years. We have access to great low rates without the complications and delays of big or online banks. We're a local Pennsylvania lender with loan officers that you can actually meet. As PHFA's number one lender, we specialize in all residential mortgage programs, including first-time buyer programs and low-down payment options. For your free pre-approval, call us at 610-439-8000 or apply online at mymortgageamerica.com.
5: Buying a home or already own one? We can help. I am Kevin Hamill from Alliance's Insurance Agency. If you haven't reviewed your policies in the last three years, now's the time. New home buyers, there are a number of ways that we can help you get to that settlement table. Call us to find out more at 610-816-0043, extension 3, or visit our website, alliancesinsurance.com. Don't forget the S, it's for savings. The real estate market is red hot. Have you
0: considered taking advantage? Call the Tom Tool Sales Group at REMAX at 610-692-6976 or visit our website, tomtool.com to connect and take advantage of these market conditions. All right, all right. We are back on Tool Time Real Estate Radio on WWDB 860 AM. I'm Tom Tool. She's Sarah and She's Stacey Mitchell. And we are going to be talking about Brian Blauk, our super agent, friend, teammate, in a second here. Just a quick reminder, we're streaming live on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and we all work with the Tom Tool sales group at REMAX Mainline, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. So, Brian, we're excited to have you come on for a lot of reasons. One, this is right in your wheelhouse. Two, you know, we've really got to know you over the past year. And I, I think a lot of people there, you came from a long time, another career, and jumped into real estate, saw success over your past 12 months. So kind of walk us through, like, who's Brian? How'd you get into the business? Because making a career change isn't easy anytime you do it.
3: Yeah, no, it wasn't. It was a little nerve wracking for me. And I was like, uh, many
0: of the millions of Americans out there, there in 2020 where
3: uh, you know I got the phone call and said hey we're laying you off and I I've I've worked my entire life since I was 18 years old and I didn't even know what that meant yeah. <laughs> what is that so I just get a long vacation what does that mean so um so I was in the, the collision repair business for 37 years and uh, you know owned my own company and um, and that's all I've ever known and got into training and development so at the time COVID hit, obviously they're not hiring and they're not training and developing people. So they, they kind of cut that. And uh, so once I took a step back and took a breather and like, okay, what is this all going to mean? The first three months was great. I got work done around my house and, and then the next three months I'm bored. What am I going (laughs) to (laughs) do? So as the year went on, I, you know, just had to do some soul searching, which I think a lot of people are doing now. I mean, they're maybe not going back into the food industry because it, wasn't the greatest job, and or whatever that is, they're rethinking their their next step, and that's what I did. So real estate was um, something that was brought to me uh, uh, by someone who I'm close to, and uh, she said, "Hey, what what about real estate?" And it was the only thing that um, I I thought about that I didn't discard right off the bat. So. Research it for a couple of months. Was always on the computer. What's this all about? What does it look like? How much money can I make? You yeah, know, all the all the basic stuff. So, I decided to pull the trigger. uh, You know, fourth quarter of uh, 2020, and uh, got my real estate license. And we connected through yep. uh, uh, a connection of uh, somebody that we both know, and um, j- just decided I'm going all in. Uh, you know, once I once i was able to figure out how i was going to finance that first year cuz that's always you don't know what you're going to get up against and you still got to pay the bills and the mortgage and all that good stuff so once i figured that out i just went for it and and just dove in head first
0: so i mean and this story probably resonates with a lot of people this is one of the reasons why i'm, I'm i was many reasons i'm excited to have you come on but but that, that that's one cuz i know there's still a lot of people that are kind of in that same position so what made you want to like it was the only thing you you were interested in obviously had a really successful career what what appealed to you about about the career the job uh, i mean that that made you like want to go all in you know especially after what was a crazy year for the entire population
3: yeah so um i saw a lot of parallels to the body shop business and real estate Uh, and what i mean by that is when you get involved in a car accident it's a very traumatic experience uh, for a lot of people kids are in the car you know, it's, it's a little nerve-wracking. So you have to work with people to calm them down, build a relationship, get them to trust you that you're good, because it, it's still an investment that they have. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, now they have to work with an insurance company. They got to get a rental car. They, they, it's a lot of the unknowns that they're not aware of. And there's a process to it. And I saw the same thing with real estate. Real estate has processes to it. And clients don't have all the answers they they say they do but they don't and <laughs> they need they need help and guidance to get them to the finish line so from that standpoint i was very comfortable with getting a relationship started quickly so picking up the phone talking to somebody finding out what they need and then what can i do to help them so that's th- that's where i i saw that i could i think i could transition fairly well into this industry
0: what the, and I, what a lot of people don't get, and I'd love for you guys to chime in too, because I know we've had kind of similar experiences, that there's a lot of stuff that correlates with real estate that people do in other careers. And it's really a matter of how much money do you want to make? You said it yourself. Like, that's that that's that's real life, especially after you haven't been working for six, yeah. eight months, right? Mm-hmm. How much money can you make? Is this going to fit my lifestyle and my skill set? And- you know, so the the parallels are really critical, and I think a lot of people are just afraid because there's the uncertainty with, with with it as well. Like you don't know, like you don't have a check coming in two weeks, right? I mean, right. And like you, I had to make the I, I did it a lot different. I lived in my parents' basement my first year, like you know, because I didn't. I was 22 years old, but it's the same thing. You had to be kind of ready to. All right, what do the next 12 months look like? So, you know, for someone that maybe is thinking about getting into the business, like what what advice would you have for them knowing what you know now, 12 months later?
3: Yeah, and I think uh, we talked about the basics and the fundamentals. <laughs> and I and I went into this looking towards to you and, and to Josh and to say, tell me what I need to do to be successful. And I absorbed that 100%. I trusted it 100%. And that's what I did. And it paid off. And I think with anybody, especially in real estate, whatever you put into it, you're going to get out of it. And you're, when you work hard to your craft and you keep your mindset right and you keep forging ahead, good things will happen. And once they start to happen, confidence gets in there and then the sky's the limit.
0: I mean, are you, are you guys feeling the same thing? Because, I mean, you've, we've all been through this here and you two a little more recently. I mean, I, I think Brian's verbalizing it like exceptionally well. Um, and you've, I would imagine you guys all had kind of similar experiences when you got into the job. I mean, what what do you think and what questions do you have for him? I mean, I know we see each other like every day or at least a couple times a week, so you know, let, let's get the conversation going here.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm going to steal one of Tom's maybe like favorite quotes here, <laughs> which is, thank you for being coachable. Um, and I feel yeah. like with you, you came in with a great attitude and you were open to the process, and, um, you know, I've seen your confidence grow throughout the past year and you've been very successful, not because you did anything super wild and crazy or had like just a lucky one-off, but you've absolutely, I mean, put in the time and done the steps each and every day and taken advice and asked questions. And, um, you know, And I think that you've also been very authentic and genuine to your clients, which absolutely goes a long way. Um, and, I'm sure that you are having referrals upon referrals coming in from people that you've worked with because they're like, You gotta work with Brian. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, you know, I, I that it was an interesting point you made and learning the the transactional piece first, you know, how to write the offer, how to how to prospect, how to how do you get somebody from the phone to out to go look at a house and, and the verbiage that you use. Uh, but then as I got better at that, I realized I still need to be a person. And I still and mm-hmm. they that's what they want, right? right? So finding that balance and that you know, from the business conversation to the personal conversation, and having that balance. And once I realized that, I think things started to really kind of click for me. But I still needed
0: that transaction. piece. Yeah, yeah, of course. Mm-hmm. That's the easier part to learn, though. I mean, it, it's I mean that that's like a here's the here's the knowledge, here's the skill set. You got it down. Like, maybe there's of course things we're all going to see that we've never seen before. That, but. Once you get the basics down, like Buffini said, it becomes easier to weave in the personal stuff. So yeah. I think that that you know a lot of people think it's hard learning the contracts and getting licensed. It's hard learning how to go sell a house to somebody and build that relationship. I that to me is is, is the hardest part about being a salesperson.
3: Yeah, and and my my history with with clients and with customers is I'm very comfortable with that. So just get me in front of the person and let's have a conversation, and then we'll take it from there. And, if, and if that's still, obvious. Yeah. That is very obvious. <laughs> and if you still don't like me, then okay, we should work together.
0: <laughs> that's an important thing to realize, though, because I mean, we've all had clients who, like you, like it's just like you feel like you're at each other all the time. Sometimes it's better moving on and finding someone that's yeah. going to buy into the way you're doing things.
3: Yeah, for sure.
0: So, what was the biggest adjustment you had to make over the last twelve months? I
3: hmm. mean, yeah, there's a lot of them for sure. I mean, the the, the initial learning curve is the the. the there's a lot of information that you have to absorb very quickly. Um, but I think as I've gone through the year, I think the challenge that I had is for new agents, you have to be very careful because this business can be 24 seven. Yep. And, and you could, without even realizing it, be working every day, 10, 12 hour days. And don't get me wrong. I was enjoying it, but I remember mid June or July sitting on the couch and, Telling Amy, I'm exhausted. She's like, well, you've worked four months straight, seven days a week, you should be exhausted. And I, it was kind of that wake-up call where, because you coach us with that. You, yeah, you, yeah, you of have, course. You have to find that balance. So I'm still, I'm getting better at that. Um, but I think that's probably my business. You know, it's time management. So, you know, you're the business owner, right? You're the employee, you're the tax guy, you're yep. the financial guy, and making sure that I... Instead of working in the business all the time, I work on the business and I have to remember that. So um, I'm getting better at it, but it's, uh, it's definitely a challenge for sure.
0: Well, it's progress over perfection though, right? I mean, I think that's how you gotta look at it. If you can get a little better every day, that's way better than trying to have that quantum leap every once in a while.
3: Yeah, and I don't expect you know, things to, I, you know, to jump as quickly as it did. I, I'm beyond expectations, my, the way my first year has went. But um, for me, it's just uh, slow and steady that's that's the way i look at it and i know i'm getting better each day and, and it'll just continue to evolve
0: awesome so we got about a minute left here where can people reach you brian if they want to help you help you have you help them
3: uh you can reach me at brian at TomTool.com.
0: love it so brian's on our website it's Brian.tomTool.com. it's brian b-l-o-u-c-h that's it for this week's episode of tool time i'm tom tool she's sarah time and she's stacy mitchell you want to follow stacy check her out on instagram At the number two, Mitchco M-I-T-C-H-C-O. Sarah's at Ty underscore Ty Time, T-Y underscore T-Y-T-I-M-E. You can follow me on Instagram. It's at TomTool3rd, at TomTool3rd. Google the TomTool Sales Group. Again, the number one REMAX team in Pennsylvania and Delaware since 2018. We'll be back next week on WWDB, 860 AM.